0: Good morning, or good afternoon, I guess, everybody. A little bit late here on Monday, February seventh, 2022. I'm Herb Morgan, a Senior Managing Director and Chief Investment Officer here at Efficient Market Advisors. This is my weekly economic and market commentary. For those of you that want to follow me intro week, you can catch me on uh, LinkedIn, just Herb Morgan, or uh, Twitter at ETF underscore strategist. The presentation you're seeing and or hearing, if you're listening to the podcast version, is designed for use with both investors and financial advisors, each of whom are expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in this presentation should be treated as investment advice. There are no recommendations for the purchase or sale of any securities. We had a good solid up week in equities last week and a corresponding down week in fixed income. The exception, of fixed income, of course, was floating rate notes because they are presumed. It's presumed that the coupons will float higher as the Fed raises interest rates, so they're holding their value a little bit better than, say, a 20-year plus Treasury index, which was down almost three percent on the week. Why did earnings go? Why did uh, stocks go up last week? Well, earnings were really strong. They continued to exceed expectations uh, despite uh, a notable big miss from. Facebook parent company Meta platforms last week, a big S&P 500 name. Let's move on and get into the economic data. Largely good, Um, not necessarily as good as 30 or 60 days ago as we realized impacts of the COVID-19 Omicron variant on economic activity. Let's start with Chicago PMI. This is a regional PMI. Anything above 50 is expansion. Estimate was 61.5, came in at 65.2, so it's a big beat, very big, uh, strong manufacturing activity out of the Chicago region. Employment's still a little weak there, uh, but that's a really good number, and there's no doubt that employment will have to follow to meet with that demand. In terms of a national survey, the survey from Marquette, uh, their PMI came in at 55.5. That's a strong number, not as strong as the 57.7 the prior month. And you can see here on the right, slow stair stepping down. So definitely the economy is de off of that sort of reopening, the huge reopening bump of 2021. But by all means, 55.5 is a, is a pretty good number. ISM, a competitor manufacturing rating, also for the month of January, uh, fell a little again to a very high 576 I mean, see here below the red line of 50, this is COVID, right? This is the economic shutdown, then the reopening at a very high level, moderating a little bit. I don't see this as a big deterioration in aggregate demand. I see this as moderation after the big opening and some lingering impacts of COVID-related shutdown-related, specifically, as I mentioned, to the Omicron a variant. But remember, manufacturing is only about 15% of our economy. The bigger the bigger part of our economy is non-manufacturing or services, and that is represented by the services uh, PMIs or non-manufacturing. ISM services for January fell to a very high 59.9, and we're almost at 60. Anything above 50, as you know, is expansion. We've certainly made up that gap there and uh, with all the fiscal monetary stimulus from 2020 leading into 21 that's now fading so yes the numbers are down a little bit but we want those numbers to be down a little bit if we're concerned with inflationary pressures and i think we're all concerned with inflationary pressures right now so the more these kind of come down to a, a good solid moderate growth level the better the likelihood is and that we will get some uh, that we've reached peak inflation And I think we probably reached peak inflation uh, in December. Find out. So we're getting an inflation reading later this week, of course, but we'll find that out uh, pretty soon. Sister reading from Marquette, also in the services sector, wasn't quite as strong. Uh, Only came in at 51.2 versus um, expectations of essentially 51 there, but that was quite a bit of a drop. Uh, Reportedly there, Omicron-related covid uh, we'll have to wait and see if that sticks next month or comes back around. Uh, construction spending: a first headline appeared. Eh, okay, two tenths of a percent increase, kind of well below expectations. But public construction falling, uh, but being, you know, residential s- skyrocketing. Very important because we lack residential supply. You've seen the price of uh, residential real estate, um, you know, go through the roof. Pun intended. Uh, over the last 18 to 24 months. So um, we need more supply. We wanna see that continue to go uh, higher. The big surprise reading last week was auto sales. Now we have no shortage of demand for autos in this country. We really run around, so you can see about 17 million annualized pace. But we've been way down because of COVID shutdown, spike up, and then another big drop down That was not because of a demand, was not because of a COVID shutdown, that was because of supply chain disruptions, the inability to get mostly computer chips needed for the manufacture of automobiles. A surprise jump in sales in January to 15 million annualized pace when the estimate was only 13 and the prior month was 12.4. That tells me some easing of supply chain, I would bet, almost anything that February comes back, also in another high uh, reading as we get that further and further behind us. I've heard anecdotally news reports, Ford still having chip problems, but I've heard uh, Mary Barra at GM saying that she saw uh, some significant easing of the chip shortages. So two different automakers, two different issues. Um, that number was a surprise. Regardless, there's some, some easing of the supply chain uh, disruption. Moving on to jobs, jobs openings and jobless claims. Initial claims fell to 238. That's a very low weekly number uh, in an economy the size of the United States of the population, the size of the United States, signifies one of the strongest job, job markets we've ever seen. In fact, Chairman of the Fed, Powell, said so last week in a speech where he thought it might be the strongest job market in U.S. history. Continuing claims fell as well. And, of course, then we got the report on job openings, the JOLTS report, as it's called, at Rose, uh, to just under 11 million. So right there, you know, three, four, five months, right around this all-time high number of openings of 11 million, with only 1.6 million on collecting unemployment. There are other people who are unemployed who have exceeded, and there are other people who are electing not to be part of the denominator, not to be part of the labor force. So. Uh, We don't have the highest absolute number of employed people, but we're getting much, much closer. Two reports last week to say how many jobs were added um, in January. The first one was ADP and that began, you can barely see it there on the right, that began with like what? We lost 300,000 as opposed to an expectation of gaining 180,000. Leisure and hospitality were big in accounting for that decline likely those were some very temporary layoffs, uh, transitory, hate to use the word, but transitory layoffs related to um, service sector impacts of COVID-19 Omicron variant. But that was followed up two days later with the Bureau of Labor Statistics report, uh, which says that payrolls rose 467,000. We, and here leisure and hospitality were the big gainers. So there was something off between the two. It'll usually get worked out in coming months. There's also a lot of statistical, um, uh, seasonal adjustments, statistical adjustments that, get, that take place every year in January that can distort this number, so we take a little bit of a grain of salt, but the fact is, adding 467 and then adding another 400 to December in October and November also got revised higher, that's not here, um, was just phenomenal. It just tells you again, it's a very, very strong labor market, no chance of uh, aggregate demand. So... Why is the stock market so weak? Well, the stock market's so weak because we recognize this, uh, these strong gains that it was time to reverse the ultra aggressive monetary policy. And markets always wonder if that's going to be a smooth reversal or a, or a rocky reversal because once you raise interest rates or let the balance sheet run off, you know, money becomes more expensive and the calculus needed to make investment decisions, business decisions changes. Back to jobs, average hourly earnings rose 7 tenths of a percent and they are up adjusted for inflation 6% year over year. That's a real increase in the living standards and the purchasing power of American workers. Uh, I understand your skepticism because I share it when you think of things like gasoline and the price of a home both up far more than that 5.7%. But it is uh, certainly welcome For those on that side but for those that are in in producing and trying to hire it's difficult because at some point it begins to impact profit margins uh profit margins being negatively impacted by higher labor costs uh still fourth quarter productivity was up strongly after a big drop you can see the big drop in the prior quarter shot right back up which brings unit labor costs uh in line obviously when you have higher Productivity factory orders, which normally are rocky up and down up and down up and down a volatile series as we like to call it Down in December four tenths of a percent not really a big deal But it's just the first time in a long time because we've still been on this covid related Rebound and reopening and that's a very small down month Indeed now what matters more than anything for stock prices in the long run is earnings 278 of the 500 names have reported four fourth quarters so far. Average surprise is a beat of 6%. 213 of those 278 have beaten estimates. Only 50 have failed. When we started this earnings reporting season, there was a lot of worry on the street that we were gonna have to revise earnings estimates lower. They were gonna start to roll over. Uh, At the time, it looked like 20% earnings growth for Q4 versus Q4 in 2020. Last week at this time, it looked like 24%. Today, as of this writing, it looks more like 30 So earnings estimates are actually getting revised higher. Still, it is a little bit difficult for me to believe they've got much higher to go given where we are with margins. And the only thing we're seeing pressure on in these earnings report is that sort of operating profit margins. Um, 43% of names have missed on margins so far. Uh, but for the most part, costs are being passed through. Higher wages are allowing consumers to, to purchase things and we're adjusting well. If we get inflation behind us, if the Fed you know pulled off the Maestro Act and we start to see the monthly inflation numbers come down, um, this could be a good thing. However, I don't think it's very likely. Why don't I think it's likely? Well, Russia's about to invade the Ukraine. When Russia invades the Ukraine, the US puts on economic sanctions on Russia. Russia then responds by restricting energy output uh, to Europe, US responds by trying to meet that demand, and prices of energy skyrocket, go much higher, uh, that may be priced in, uh, but it ha- the event hasn't happened yet, so I still think there's upside risk to energy prices. Okay, then you've got the S&P 500, it has corrected, you see it's about an 8 or 9% correction there. People say, oh, is it a bear market, what's happening? No, it really seems like just a textbook 8 or 9% correction. You can see the relative strength index came down to sort of that buy zone, and the market shot back up. Uh, we got below the 50-day moving average but net, what, and the 200, but neither did the two of them ever cross. This looks to me like sort of a, a classic bull market correction. Still, I have to, I have to recognize that there is something now that hasn't happened in the last four or five bull market corrections, and that is this prospect of central bank tightening not just in the U.S., but around the world. I think the one exception, big exception, of big central banks is China, who's in an easing mode. They're in a different cycle than we are at the moment. But what we see here is uh, the futures markets believe that on March 16th, the Fed will raise interest rates, and there's even about a 30% chance they can raise interest rates by 50 basis points, get started with a bang, sort of preempt this, get some of the inflation fears and angst out of the market quickly, show that they're serious, Uh, We have yet to see it, we don't know. Still more likely a 25 basis point hike. Economic data this week, not a ton. It's really more about earnings. Uh, We're gonna continue to focus on S&P 500 earnings. But the big news is, you guessed it, CPI, the month over month CPI is expected to be up a half a percent. Annualized out, that's a pretty high number. Uh, We're hoping for something better uh, coming this coming Thursday. Thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget to like, thumbs up, recommend, tell a friend, post it, tweet it, all that stuff, Uh, the podcast, sling, Bulls and Bears. We make the complex and complicated simple and sensical. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I will be back to you again next week.